<laughs> well, I've got what? a joke for you. What's that joke? We haven't, even what? started, we haven't started the podcast. Well, we I think we have. I think that was the most poignant start to a podcast ever. Oh, yeah, but we usually start by saying what number it is. Oh. One, two, two, you mean? Hello and welcome to episode one, two, two of Regular Features. What's your joke, Steve? Well, it, my joke is, what does, what does a ballerina need? Legs. One, two, two. Ah. ah. I think yeah. she needs legs. Your answer's good as well. She just needs two, two. Oh, I think she needs legs. I've seen t- two, twos in shops and said, there's a full ballerina. <laughs> Look at it, twirls. <laughs> well, we've all learned something about ballet. But what have you guys learned about the spirit of Christmas? Because obviously we've just got back from Christmas, haven't we? Uh, we went to different ones. Mm. And um, even though when we're recording this, just after the Christmas, it'll come out a bit later. So by that point, everyone will be all like... Christmas? <sighs> that was so last year, yeah. you guys. And everyone will already have all of their I'm, new I'm already shopping for Christmas 2015. Mm, and beyond. And everyone's <laughs> getting Thorntons this year. Let me tell you, I'm not fawning for the same trick of last year. I was actually putting thought into my presents. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck thought. Fuck presents. I didn't get many presents this year uh, for anyone. But I got given you... lots of presents and I felt quite awkward about it because I, I didn't know what to do. I spent Christmas for the first time in somebody else's house and I found that a bit weird because it's like, how do you... What's the the way that you sort of sort of quietly say it's eleven in the morning? Can I have a drink? Can let can we start drinking now, please? Yeah. Um, luckily, that books just fizz? Sort of happened. That's what I think. You know, usually just keep I, saying books fizz until <laughs> someone goes out and gets you one. <laughs> books fizz. Yeah, that'd be lovely. You know, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, it's for you to do that. Um, no, I, I somebody passed me a beer eventually, but usually I start drinking about half ten in the morning. <laughs> eventually, after how long we're we going? <laughs> beer. Give me a drink. <laughs> Anyone? <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I go in the fridge? Somebody actually gave me a really simple, obvious tip that's really good. They're just saying, oh, can I get anyone a drink? And then someone goes, oh, yeah, I might have a, a little. Do and then you just make yourself an impossibly strong gin and tonic or something. And then just sip it very slowly. And then yeah. everyone else has had their, their early morning kind of tipple. Mm. Uh, whereas you're getting steamed yeah, full speed good. ahead. Because it looks like lemonade to the You've just got to make sure observer. that no one else has your drink. Otherwise... I mean, you're basically, you could end up um, being accidentally outed as an alcoholic on Christmas Day. <laughs> Might be a bit... It's always embarrassing. bleak, really. <laughs> like, I'm not an alcoholic, it's just Christmas, all right? <laughs> this is how we do it where I come from. You'd be only outed as an alcoholic if you actually said, look, I can, buy, I can light my bum hair like a Christmas pudding. <laughs> <laughs> then you, what do you mean covering your bum in brandy? <laughs> yeah, put, put brandy on my bum. <laughs> <laughs> so, come on. So bread do it. <laughs> now I've got all day. I've, I've filled the turkey baster. Just uh, I was I was thrown in the deep end of a etiquette quandary when people from the pub started bringing Christmas cards into the pub, and I noticed some people bought cards for the previous landlord, my sister-in-law. Some bought them for me and everyone at the billy. Others bought them just for me, and I didn't get anyone else a fucking card because if you can't sort out your branding and what you want to get me and how you think of me in the pub then perhaps you don't deserve me <laughs> so there you go I didn't get anyone a card but next year I think I'll have supplanted Liz my what, what, what's, evil what's predecessor op- yes what's the opposite of a what's that word that you do when you you've got your eyes on the throne you want it usurper usurper mm. what's what's the opposite of usurper when you pre- the previous person pre-usurping oh shit Incumbent. No. Bitch sister-in-law. That's the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> um, she's not a bitch. It was, it was just the only way out of that that seemed funny, to be honest. Uh, yeah, anyway. 
that's I, I didn't get any on any cards, and it, it feels like maybe that's going to be stored in the in the regulars' heads Ooh. as something that yeah, I didn't do. You forgot to get all the regulars' cards. I'm, I'm sure she bought them all fucking bars of soap because she's that kind of person. You need to get them right, all individual yeah. birthday cards now. Find out when all of their birthdays are. Get them all birthday cards. Oh, fuck yes. Christmas well, has become a time where I just worry I about... I spend £100 on each one of them. It's the only way out of this situation. <laughs> <Yes. like. laughs> fuck them all! <laughs> But yeah, God, social panic. That's what I'm going by. That's I from one it's, social panic to the next. It is a t- Christmas is the time of social panic. Um, but it's over now, and we're into the new year. Thank God. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting off my new year with a feature. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, hold your feature horses there, Matthew. Because I have a Christmas story that's so important, it's worth using your full name, Matt. <laughs> We're not doing Christmas stories now. It's time for me to bring in the new year with a, a new year feature. Oh, yeah. oh, Christmas echoes, echoes, no, echoes. No, you're not supposed to give up. This is oh, sorry. Like, <laughs> the old against the new, it's iconic, you know? Who will win? The, sh- the shadow of 2004 oh. or the bright, shining night of the future? It's fine, you, you can win, Matt, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. Do you, do your Christmas feature? <laughs> I went to Coronation Street for wow, Christmas. Wow, that was the most passive way to win an argument ever, you manipulative <laughs> bastard, Steve. <laughs> um, it's uh, Christmas on Coronation Street, and you're allowed to visit the old Cor- Corrie set mm. in the Granada studio. Is it the old in, one then? Yeah, because they've moved it to uh, to a new set in Media City in Manchester. Of course they have. Mm. Um, mm. Apparently, because they're filming in HD now, they have to make all the sets bigger. Because <laughs> is that actually true? It's actually true. Well, because there's not enough pixels in reality, <laughs> it boils down wrong. Yeah. Well, what? 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 Are guess, the, what? No, no, no. Just, no, no, no. I the know actors what are taller. <laughs> I know what it'll be. It'll be that they previously used to film in SD, which means it's a different um, format. So it's not sixteen nine. So now it's widescreen. HD cannot be in filmed in four three. It has to be. Oh, but Corey's well, been in widescreen. Has Corey been in widescreen? Yeah, it's been in widescreen. Has it? SCTV HD been can't be filmed in 4.3. You tell you me. You can't just say something like that well, it's not and true. expect it to sound... Right, it's not true. What, what technically, I say? technically <laughs> you can make something really fucking high definition in 4.3. Widescreen was around before HD. Well, what's this about then? What, do they have bigger... I don't know. But every, every set that I went to looked really small. It was like, oh, it's much smaller than it looks on TV. So, you know, things look different <laughs> on TV than they are in real life. Yeah, but they're going to film. They're going to make sets so that they are slightly proportionate with the actors who walk around inside them. I am assuming. Unless there's some real magic that happens. I don't think they're going to make these sets taller so that they all all the Corey actors. Deirdre looks like a little dwarf woman running around. The actors always have to stand closer to the camera now. (laughs) Maybe they were using special lenses, so actually the rooms were small, but they looked bigger. Maybe. But now, because it's more detailed, people will see that something's wrong. That might be it. There'll be witchcraft or something and people will get conspiracies. There's great detail on this on the set. Like you can walk up to the post box and it has the collection dates and it even has the fictional name of uh Weatherfield, I think they're from, uh, as the collection office and stuff. And you'd never see that on the TV, but it exists it's right there yeah. on the set. Even on the bus stop they have a little fake map. Although the you are here bit points to the Granada Studios. Uh, because uh. that's like too detailed for you to ever be able to pick up on camera. But the bus timetable's all fake and it's like well, Easter eggs. Well, Easter eggs. <laughs> so that's, 
I'm going to do a proper feature about this next week because I had my uh, dictaphone out and I was recording some of the probably breaking the cop- copyright on the Coronation Street the tour, uh, but. Oh, people are well wise to recording. When I went on my um, speed awareness course, they said, if you're recording anything, I must warn you, we've had some trouble with that. It's not legal. We'll take it off you and you won't pass this test and you'll have points on your license. And I was like, fuck. Oh. I, can't, I can't very well lean in and turn off my recording device now because <laughs> that's so obvious. You can give you points on your license for recording. Well, I was, well, if you go to a speed awareness course, it's because you're use, you're doing it as a, an alternative to getting points on your license. Oh, yes. And if you, but if you okay. fail the test, back on the points They've track. They've kind of got your nuts in there yeah. the whole yeah. time. They can really. say, look, eat this whole baguette. Otherwise, <laughs> you're, not you're getting points on your license. Oh, <laughs> Somebody like, hasn't eaten the whole baguette. <laughs> I only want half a baguette. I'm not that hungry. Eat it. And we're allowed to put more fillings into the end of the baguette you're not eating at the minute. <laughs> yeah, hurry up. Oh, God. If you don't do it, this half will be completely full of tuna. <laughs> oh, they're all your favourite fillings. <laughs> <laughs> piping it in like it's like Crystal Maze timer sort of thing. Like, oh, yeah. like a sand timer, but with tuna. Oh, tuna mayo. Pre- oh. A tuna timer. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Piece of fun trivia about Coronation Street that I learned... Uh, on the on the tour, um, you know when they run upstairs to go do something, they're in they're they like don't. in Gail's house. It's like oh, I'm just popping upstairs. I thought they run into a wireframe zone that doesn't really exist. <laughs> it's on the thirteenth floor. There's <laughs> just no up. They have to stop at the top step and just stand there for the rest of the scene. <laughs> oh right, oh, God, yeah. They should have given them a little sort of stool to sit on or something. That's what I thought. Or even like a little pad they can jump onto. <laughs> or a zip line that takes them right into the cafe area. <laughs> I wonder how many scenes don't have characters running up the stairs at the start then and they always run upstairs towards the end of the scene. I, I hate you, Deirdre. <laughs> Why didn't I get a Scalectrix for Christmas? I'm going to stand at the top of the stairs. <laughs> Apparently, if you look closely in some scenes, you can often see the feet of the people standing on the top <laughs> stairs. You, you can <laughs> that's ridiculous yeah. Harry Hill's picked up on it a few times has he yeah. yeah Harry Hill's fantastic about that yeah um, yeah anyway that's just me <laughs> quietly admiring Harry Hill cool I'm sure he gets letters off people cool thing number two about Coronation Street uh, if you've ever seen someone go to drink a glass of water from a sink on one of the inside sets oh yeah they're all hooked up to the plumbing so the taps all work on the sets but it's not drinking water so if you ever see someone take a drink from their own sink in Coronation Street, there's a clever cut where they replace the water in the glass with safe, drinkable, bottled water. Well, I think what they should do instead is just, instead of drinking, they they exhale and blow bubbles into it. <laughs> they tip it head backwards and go, oh! <laughs> and anyway, as I was saying, I'm very annoyed about this affair you're having. <laughs> this reminds me of um, somebody who was telling me the other day, my brother, being when they filmed Dinosaurs, you know, the old puppets... And they always like because of the nature of it. They the actors had to see out of the the mouth, mm. the mouths of the dinosaurs. Which means if you watch it, then uh, the only time they ever move, every time they do anything, the main characters are always like, "Oh, I've got to do this." They're always like, "Oh, 
fine, I'll go and do this. They always have to, like, whenever they pick up anything or move, they, they go, have to walk. Or just stare mouth agape at everything they're about to pick up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. But if you think about it, it kind of fits the, the character, especially the main dude. He was always like, oh, all right, I'll do this. And, and the only reason for that is they have to open the mouth so the, the actors can see. <laughs> Which I thought is brilliant. And apparently if you watch it now, it's it's really quite so, obvious. Oh, that's cool. Um, but yeah. Cool yeah. thing number three, and it's the last cool thing I'll show before my full Coronation Street feature <laughs> next week. It's a tease, isn't it? Um, guess if whether or not the uh, all the taps on the in the Rover's Return are hooked up to, I'm going to, to actual say, beer. Yes, they absolutely are. They are hooked up. You can pour a drink from them. Oh my god! Is it is it a pint of actual Betty's hot pot? It's a pint of shandy. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, it's all shandy. And well, you've got shandy from the barrel. Yeah, apparently. I suppose that's I suppose just to save money. Apparently, you're not supposed to drink it. Oh, right. Yeah. It's been in there for a while. Fuck off. Yeah. Why not just have, like, brown wa- water? <laughs> I don't, why not have brown water? So it doesn't have, have to be carbonated to come out properly. Or something. That is my answer to everything. I mean, you'd know. You would literally know the answer to that. Does it, not, just, does it not have to be something carbonated to come out properly? Maybe you never see. Well, no, well, I, don't know I suppose it might work. be lemonade just because if, if you've had stuff in the line for ages, it would just they'd have it have no natural condition on it, so it would come out mm-hmm. dead and flat. So maybe the lemonade to do that. I'm, I'm I'm panicking. I'm supposed to have good knowledge <laughs> about beer. I, I'm a, a, a prestigious real ale pub in Nottingham. <laughs> well, no, but that's fine because no, of course, because real ale isn't fizzy. So I don't know what I'm talking about. So if you do get a natural head on it, it's from the actual chemical processes of yeast. Oh right, yeah, it's no, not, you. It's, are, it's not. Yeah. It's not from being infused with gas, like say a lager yeah. would be. It's the, it's the natural chemical reactions of joyful tasting where, lovely things that you can buy in the King Billy pub in Nottingham <laughs> Town. It was great in that bit where it sounded like you were mumbling. Actually, I heard perfectly. You gave me an incredibly satisfactory explanation. Mm, yeah. well, it's a, system. I just decided to condense it down into a fast mumble burst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that only true friends could um, understand. So if yeah. you didn't understand it, perhaps you're not my real friend. Oh. Well, when you were talking about earlier about when you were in the driving thing trying to keep your points while they were forcing a baguette down your mouth, oh, that made God, me... Oh, God, that tuna still haunts me to this mm. day. You never did finish that tuna, did you? I did. The endless tuna <laughs> pipe. Um, yeah, that made me think a little bit about my feature. Next. So, this week on, on my feature... Uh, I can let you know that when I was writing this, because you were worried about getting caught for recording it, right? Mm, I was a bit worried about getting caught for recording this feature, i.e. writing it on my phone, because I was writing it this morning when I was on the London Underground, and there were two policemen sat, stood actually, about two and a half feet away from me, proper policemen, not just like the fake ones, real, real police. With authority. Yeah, with authority, and the woman next to me sitting next to me in the carriage. It's quite an empty carriage. Um, I think she she read what I was writing into my phone and I kind of caught I kind of caught her looking and then afterwards she just looked quite uneasy and kept looking at me and looking at the police. And I did wonder for a little while if that was gonna cause me some issues. Uh. As it was it didn't, which is a shame because it would have probably either got me arrested or made a hilarious Ooh. story or both. 
But well, at one God point, you didn't come away with this. Thank God you didn't come away from that with a hilarious story, though. I know, <laughs> I know, right? I could have lied. I thought about it. I thought, well, I could just say, oh, and then the police were like, oh, what's this? And I was like, it's just a comedy podcast that I do. And, uh, I, and I, I said, just the right combination of words that humbled a policeman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you won't believe Two policemen the results. At, at once. Both just in awe. They chuckled. They both promised to subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an amazing one of those stories. And it says, Darren Brown knocks back a homophobe in the most perfect way possible. And all he did was say, oh, you're gay? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you, Darren Brown. That's not self-hating gay. Yeah, and the desperate news churn that makes that kind of shit an news article. Some guy basically said, I can't believe I'm following you, just found out you're gay. And he goes, oh, it's because I didn't know you fancied me. Ha. Yeah, you disgusting. I, you're so intelligent, but you disgust me because you are doing a dick in your face or whatever you even do. And he went, well, if I'm reading behind the lines right, you want to bum me, but I'm all right, thanks. I don't need a boyfriend. And, I, and pinknews.co.uk applauded. That's BuzzFeed stepped back and just fucking uh, creamed its little nicknicks. My word, that's like from a man who's supposed to be an expert in like psychology and deception going... I'm not gay, you're gay. Actually, I am gay, but you're gay as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's top, top stuff. Ugh. You don't need a degree to work out how that one works. He doesn't. Anyway, I was thinking about the New Year's, Well, it right? got 1,500 retweets, so maybe you're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. No, let's no I think we're right. Let's pack this podcast in and just tweet. You're oh, gay. Perfect shit. Perfect shit. <laughs> no, I was thinking about the New Year's, and I was thinking about how um, it's very common when it gets this time of year for people to try and focus on doing new things and embarks on new plans and they have these ambitious things. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm going to do all this. And mm. I kind of think sometimes it's maybe wiser to just try and clear up your past a little bit more, try and actually sort out things that you haven't done, things that you're supposed to do that you haven't and to sort of acknowledge maybe some of the failures, failures that you've had in the past couple of years or whatever mm. and just think, no, I'm going to sort that out. I'm not going to try and pretend that my life is new and shiny and everything's going to be perfect. I'm going to clean up the mess that I've made in the past. Hmm. And, uh, yeah, um, I mean... And somehow engineer the timeline so that you have done it. No, no, just to know that you don't have to think about it, you don't have to worry about it. Because oh, sometimes okay. you can set things in motion that then you kind of forget about and you kind of think, oh, I never really did sort that out. And you kind of just worry about it. And one of the things that I did a few years ago, well, it's sort of an ongoing thing, but um, a few years ago I kind of... Um, I programmed a couple of hundred humans uh, as sort of like sleeper agent assassins mm-hmm. oh, yeah, um, yeah. for a variety of, of jobs. I was doing a lot of freelancing at that point and it was kind of a useful thing to do. Most of them got used. Um, some of them are still in action because they're actually, you know, sort of ongoing contracts, just a bit of stuff I do on the side. Mm-hmm. Have you pre-programmed me and Steve to make out? No. Oh, no, okay. not okay. at all. Just checking. So was, just checking. That wasn't the programming then. Oh, jeez. It must be something else. It must, it must have been your magic T-shirt. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, no, it's the one the wizard gave me. <laughs> don't, don't do that sort of thing, really. It's, it's quite specific. But I've just got... I've got this sort of big Excel spreadsheet full of people and, uh, you know, instructions and all this stuff. And I just thought, God, some of these, honestly, at the time, it seemed like they were going to be really relevant. But then things changed and I just... I feel bad that I've just got all these people walking around and I thought I'd just try and clear up some of it. Just get, get them out of the way, mm. get them done, so I can cross them off the list and just go, that's that's done. They've been activated. I don't need to worry about it anymore. It's done. It's over. And then I can just have a fresh year without any any problems. So first of all, first of all, this is uh, for Sarah Jones in Swindon. Foxtrot Anagram Alpha. And that will cause her to take the keys from the ignition and place them firmly into the neck of the passenger next to her. Oh, fantastic. Good. That's um, that out of the way. Well, 
Flightless Panda. That's uh, just just drop everything you're doing right now. Fly to Panama, assassinate the president, and that's for that's David Shrews from Stoke upon Trent. So I hope you're listening, Stoke. Mm-hmm. Hope you're listening, David. Of course, if well, if David is listening, he's just pulled his headphones off. Yeah, and he's not listening now. He's not listening. He's in a sort of a trance-like state. But he, I mean, he'll probably appreciate the shout out once his mission's complete. Mm. Um, he'll probably go back to it and go retrace his steps, <laughs> and then be like, ah. The trigger phrase. <laughs> I did wonder why I kept compulsively. <laughs> I, w- I was triggered. Because that's who most of our listeners are, you know. I mean, most of the people who listen to this podcast do so because that's part of their programming. Mm. They that, are... This feature should have had a trigger warning. <laughs> oh, no. oh, yeah. It should have done, but, you know, I, I do actually want to kind of get these people listening to it. Otherwise. That's uh, true, yeah. Otherwise, I'm going to be back at square one. Well, you, but it's amazing how effective it is. You can't be without your army of potential sleeper agents. No, no, precisely. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, you've got, that's, that's what this podcast basically is. It's, mm. a, it's a method of... Uh, there's a lot of hypnotism. People are convinced they think it's funny, and it keeps them listening every oh, week. Oh, I don't think many of them are convinced that. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, it's, it's quite hardcore hypnosis. It's, it's a, bit, a bit above your Darren Brown, you know, <laughs> Gaylord stuff. Um, it's quite advanced. Next up, we've got uh, Wolves Through the Eye of Hot Cocoa Butter. And that's just stop what you're doing, make your way to the engine room of the airship, bludgeon the head engineer to death, and then throw yourself into the heart of the engine, your bones crunching and rattling around and bringing the craft's journey to a fiery conclusion. So hopefully um, hopefully Chris Buttress was on an airship. Mm. I was um, going to say, a lot of this does rely on people. I mean, I don't know if Stoke-on-Trent has an actual direct air link to Cuba. If that's where it's going to. No, but I mean, it doesn't. He doesn't get there oh, no, immediately. No, no. I don't. Yeah. I don't want to pick faults. He'll find yeah. his way. Unless he's, a hum- the, he's still got his human intelligence. I mean, I just there. hope that the president of Cuba doesn't listen to this podcast. Otherwise, we'll trigger him quickly. I'm trigger sure. him quickly to put himself in a prone position. <laughs> it's got a couple of weeks, isn't he? Um, okay. Next up, we've got a uh, juicy Susan, and that's uh, an entire juicy. oh juicy Susan. He would have been triggered already. Oh bollocks! Yeah, yeah. that wouldn't. We would have been done already a couple of weeks back now. Oh no, we might have done that. Yeah, several Susan. times. Juicy Susan. Well, that, that causes an entire Shropshire village to entice a Brazilian politician to attend a local fete before flaying him alive just before the tombola. So that presumably happened about a month ago. Yeah. I'm amazed I didn't read about it in the papers. And the echoes have been travelling through pretty much most... I mean, I hate to use the word timeline again, but all the timelines, Juicy Susan. Yeah. Susan. <laughs> Juicy Susan. Susan. It is. It's, uh, it's like Doctor Who before it was shit. Um, next up, we've got this one. Not impressed about it. This is one of my earlier earlier jobs go on go on do it and that just that's just a pretty standard that you just kill somebody yeah mm. you that, that works on a lot of people yeah it does I it dare does. you I dare you was another well, one but I, I sometimes it's one 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 just do it fuck's sake what's stopping you what obstacles are you putting in your go own on. way to stop yourself yeah. from doing it you know you want to do it and then do it just get a pen in the neck that's you dead I mean you couldn't have known I, I'm glad to get rid of that one I, I felt bad about this um, next up we got um Kevin Spacey's shuddering embrace, and that's uh, forcibly remove Leonardo DiCaprio's legs. And then we've got Susan Sarandon's... Susan Sarandon... Oh, God, I can't... This is why I can't stand the woman. Suzanne Sarandon. That's the one. <laughs> Suzanne, Suzanne Sarandon's uh, glistening peacock, and that's kill Brad Pitt. And oh, no, hang on. She's a tenth Dan, isn't she? No, hang on. These are just some notes I've made while I was watching the Oscars. Let me just... Um... Right, I'm back on track now. I'm back go. on track. Sausage dog, sausage dog, 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 sausage, sausage dog, sausage dog. Charter a flight to the Middle East and put an end to ISIS. And that was for Michael McIntyre. So good luck yeah. with that, Mike. Oh. 
Wish him all the best. He's just about to start his New Year's run at the uh, Nottingham Apollo, isn't he? Not anymore. Well, not anymore. Yeah, I think he's he's off to put an end to ISIS. Fingers crossed. He's sorted out this ISIS business. He'll be back. <laughs> he can come back do his shows. He's, uh, um, off kilter brand of humour. <laughs> Is he off kilter? No, it's, he's right on kilter. Oh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's running around the hem of a kilt. <laughs> uh, this one's good. I'm uh, quite proud of this one. I've heard that Matt Lees has been programming people to be sleeper agent assassins. That's a simple neck break. Anyone says that? Just break the neck of the person who said it. Done. Oh, oh so you're tricking everyone who... Oh, oh yeah, nice. See? Target, see? colon, self. Yep, yep. And finally, <laughs> finally, uh, Steve Hogarty give John Blythe a kiss on the cheek. That's, uh, that's kill your family, kill your dog, I start thought- a new life as a dancer in Paris. And that's uh, for anyone called Barry who's currently living in Birmingham. <laughs> I thought Steve's chin muscles were twitching madly there with unrepressed with repressed desire, mm. but it was a reflection from his liquid in his glass reflecting on his chin. Ah, I see. Oh. It looked like a muscle twitching, but it was just merely liquids flapping around. I thought that I'd been programmed to kiss Log on the cheek. Well, there I is a was chance. certainly programmed to present my cheek as though expecting a kiss. Well, there's always a chance that somebody else has been programming people. I just stick to murder. Look, family stuff. No just one's kissed man. anyone on the cheek. <laughs> I'm going to kiss Log on the cheek. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> and that's just caused uh, somebody called Susan from a uh, <laughs> small village in Nottingham. In Nottingham? No, I've, I've lost it. Carry on. That oh. was my attempt to improvise. I got Went horribly wrong. Put an end to it. It's, it's, oh, it's maybe set a chain of events that stopped this podcast ever happening. Probably. We're really into timelines. I say we. You're really into timelines this evening. Well, yes, I am. I like timelines. Mm. They're the only kind of sort of sci-fi plot device that I believe in. Oh. <laughs> Tell the... you what, I watched the Christmas Doctor Who and it was almost good. And then it was bollocks. Oh, no, it was all right. It was all right. It was, no. Oh. But I wish they hadn't done the last 15 minutes where it just went on and on and on. and just... It was the very definition of having your cake and eating it. It was, yeah. They on multiple levels. Let's do the sad ending. Let's do good ending. Oh, good ending. Sad ending. Oh, brilliant. I haven't seen it. I tried. To, I was in Ireland, and you can't get BBC iPlayer in Ireland because you don't pay for the TV license. Maybe you should. Television's good, Steve. You might like it. I pay for it here. I mean, I pay my TV license. I should be allowed to watch iPlayer anywhere in the world. They should give you a special key, uh, yeah. little box that you carry around, <laughs> and you have to hold it up to your webcam. Ah, you oh, you've got the box. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you very much. I'm the BBC. When I say you, I BBC, you've got the box. <laughs> Enter, <laughs> if ye will. I'm the BBCB. <laughs> CC, CBBs. I'm the CBBB. I'm the BBCB. Do you want to see the BBBBs? Oh, Do you want to see the CBBs? Will <laughs> oh. oh, somebody tell me where my feet has gone? Well, I don't know about you, but oh, I've been napping a lot. Don't you like a nap? I do. Oh, I love a good nap. Oh, oh. just going for a nap. Yeah, and I'll say, well, you have a lovely nap, Steve, because I know how much I enjoy them. I don't want one now, but if I did, I'd probably have a nap next to you and would have a, a sort of a side-by-side nap. Yeah. With no undue contact. Maybe our calves touching. Oh, interlocked ankles. Yeah. Sort of just really tightly grabbing our legs together. Yeah. Like leg yeah. lock. <laughs> Trying to pinch my toes across the top of your toes like I own your feet. <laughs> but you won't have it for a minute. 
that's, and it, that's and foot it's spooning. Ruining, you're ruining the nap, Steve. <laughs> foot spooning. What's, what's your favourite nap? What's, your, what's, what's the best nap you've had? Oh, best nap. I'm a big fan of the old-fashioned, God, I'm tired, fetal nap, where you just sort of lie and go in a ball and just lie under the... the, the and you just, do you set a limit to your naps, or do you think yeah, I'm just no, going to curl up until it all feels better? No, I don't do that anymore. Sometimes I want to do that, but it's usually not a good thing. If you, you come out of a nap at the wrong time, you come out feeling worse than you went in. Yeah, I, I'm quite sure. 25 minutes, because you're supposed to nap for 20 minutes, and I give myself five minutes to knock off. But sometimes... What, uh, knock off? <laughs> knock off what? What, what are you knocking off? Slip off. Slip off Slip off your trousers <laughs> so you can knock one off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean t- tug. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh right. tug, the, tug the door shut so you can go to sleep uninterrupted. <laughs> yes, that's oh, it. Why that's... didn't you say so? <laughs> well, I don't know, but after having a few naps, I've been doing little naps all over the places, on sofas, mm. in beds, um, on stools. So stools with a back, obviously, you can't just nap on a stool. That's ridiculous. You just went to the floor. I'm, I'm, I'm all for napping, but there's a time and a place for a nap. And, and a place is often on something that's soft with something to lean back on. Downy. Oh. I've been napping loads lately, actually. I think about it. I've been doing lots of just randomly falling asleep. Have you been napping too much, though? I think I have. Well, is there a way we can find out? Well, maybe you can, with my 11 ways to find out that you are napped too much. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Well, number one way to find out if you are napped too much is if you wake up from a nap and you feel so refreshed that you just want to roll around and pat yourself happily on the tummy. But that's a nice nap. Those are, oh, that's the kind of nap yeah. you want. So but then uh, you, should, you should be springing to your feet. And thinking, oh, I'm ready to face the day. But rolling around, patting yourself on the tummy, you're priming yourself for stage two, which is you decide to double down on the benefits of that nap and have another nap. And you wake up so alert that you can see trails dragging from your friend's head as they go around their stupid napless lives. (laughs) And step three, you've become immune to basic naps and have napped yourself into a state where objects pass through your fists and you can't tell the difference between kissing and smoking. (laughs) Step four. From your position on the sofa, you've projected yourself into the brains of your friends and invited them into your nap. (laughs) But they're growing older with every nap, and now there are children whose energy terrifies you and you need to nap. Step five, you've developed the power nap. The only thing that wakes you from the power nap is a current pressed from your nipple to your nuts, both of which have adapted to this new purpose via the rapid evolution of metal bolts that you can attach to a car battery. You are now 20% nap. (laughs) Oh, I thought you wouldn't get that until the end of the quiz. Mm. How nap are you? Are you nap nap or <laughs> nap under nap under nap proto nap? <laughs> Step six: You write an opinion piece in the Daily Mail, coining the word napaholic, <laughs> and start selling a range of powerful narcotics that you call napahol. Your piece is retweeted over seventeen times by nap bots, and you reward yourself with a three deep nested nap. <laughs> well, like an inception nap, <laughs> <laughs> in snapshot. <laughs> 
After three months of experimenting with a new nap technology, you wake up bolt upright in a grey room where a demon offers you a bargain, confront the reality of your nap-broken body and become a messiah in a world that no longer exists, or drink a shot of unfiltered napahol and go back to your friends, even if their faces are an indistinguishable mess and their gurgling bodies drift around without substance or sense. <laughs> Stage eight. <laughs> are you a napaholic? <laughs> While researching a new nap within a nap system that could revolutionise napping, your last thought is that your last nap was while you were watching Doctor Who Christmas Special, and probably the last real thing you did was plagiarise Stephen Moffat. (laughs) Stage nine. You come out of the naps, and everything is okay. Step ten. You come out of that nap, and nothing is okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Step eleven. Seriously, this is the last nap. And you're told by an angel that everything is okay, and he really means it this time. Everything is okay because you died a hundred years ago and you're free to nap forever now. Free to nap forever. Just have a little nap. It's warm in here. Have a nap. Oh. There's time to nap now. Don't nap. It nap. worries me. It worries nap. me that my reaction to that nap. was the exact opposite of Steve's. <laughs> when you were like, you're, you died a hundred years ago, now you can just nap. I felt this immense sense of relief. Oh. And I just wanted to nap. I was writing that. I wrote that in about an hour. And it started off as, I'm going to use the word nap a lot. And it's going to be really whimsical. Mm. And I think that I just wrote myself into a state of depression writing <laughs> Oh, boo-hoo me. I'm not even a depressive kind of person, but I'm miserable as fuck after that. (laughs) Yeah, I think Christmas makes me sad. I've spent a lot of time napping around Christmas. Mm. Because you just get get to a point in the day where you think, I've got nothing to do today, Yeah. so I'm just going to sleep a bit here in this chair. Watched so many... Watched Mary Poppins... I just wonder if that what is that what it's like to be old? People just going, I've got nothing to do, so I'm just going to sleep in this chair. I don't want to live like that. My parents. Sorry, suicide pact. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. We're never gonna. Somebody put this on an automatic publishing server, and let's just kill ourselves now on the thirtieth of December. And invite all of our readers to do the same. <laughs> oh let's, shit! Let's end this, readers. There's no more regular features. No, no. Let's tone it down a bit. Let's tone it down a yes. bit. I need my sleeper agents. Let's just have a nap. Okay. You're all thinking. You're all feeling very sleepy. I feel very sleepy indeed. And it's time. Can you put do 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 Feeling very 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 sleepy after that song. Can we continue singing it with trumps instead of notes? Amazingly, yes. Amazingly, yes. <laughs> yes. Cheered me right up. <laughs> oh, that was fucking like, like, hell. I hope that like... was good podcast. I'm so sorry for being really self-indulgent. That just blows some raspberries. It's yeah. brilliant. It works on kids. It works on me, and it should work uh, on you too. I've lost interest in naps and suicide. Let's, let's never nap again. <laughs> let's never sleep again. Let's be hysterical. We invented <laughs> the cure for sleep: raspberries. <laughs> Popular hits. In, through the medium of raspberries. Yeah, let's do, let's do Get Lucky in okay. raspberries. Thanks, readers. We'll be back next week with even more regular features. <laughs> Bye! <laughs>
That's the best ending to a podcast we've ever done.